You're in tune to the Fusebox Radio Broadcast. Uh, turn the music up inside my session. These folks gotta hear my message. Bringing balanced black radio to the masses. Fuck that. Special technique of I breaks it down to the bone gristle. Ill speaking, scud missile, heat seeking. Johnny blazing, nightmares like West Craven. Niggas gunning, my third eye seen it coming before it happened. You know about them fucking statin kids, they smashing everything, huh? And in any shape, form, or fashion. Now everybody talking about they blasting. Hmm, is you busting still or is you flashing? Hmm, talking out your asshole. You should have learned about the flow in PZ Afro. Tacalian stallion, chinky eye and snot nose. From my naps to the bunion on my big toe. I keeps it moving, know just what the fuck I'm doing. Rap insomniac, fiend to catch a nigga snoozing. Slip the cardiac, arrest. Exorcist hip-hop possess me Crunch a nigga like a Nestle You know my stage Burning to a third degree Sneaky ass alley cat Top pedigree The head toucher Industry party bum rush ya You don't like it Dick up in your fuck ya Yo, I slayed them seeds back in the rec room era. My style broke motherfucking backs like him for terror. Most rap niggas came loud but unheard. Once I pulled out, round them off to the nearest third. Check these non-visual niggas with tapes and a portrait. Flood the seminar trying to orbit this corporate industry. But what them niggas can't see must break through like the woo unexpectedly. Protect your neck, my sword still remains imperial. Before I blast the mic, Rizzy scratch off the cereal. We rain all year round from June to June. My niggas bite immediately, if not soon. Set the lynching and form the execution date as this 2000 beyond slang suffocate. Amplify sample through vacuum tubes, compressions, cause Rizzy to charge niggas 20 G's a session. When my mind starts to click, and the strategy is mastered, the plot thicken. It's me that bullshit. I don't give a cotton picket. Fuck about a brother trying to size a nigga up. I hold my own, hard hat protect the dome Look at mama baby boy acting like he grown No time for sleep, I get deep as a baritone Killer B that be holding down his honeycomb Lounging son, who brother number one Protect your neck, flying guillotines, here they come Bloody bastards, hard times and killer tactics Spitting words, plus semi-automatic slurs Peep the graphic, novel from the genie bottle Hit the clutch, shift the gear now, full throttle Time to bungee, to the next episode I keeps it grungy, hand on my nutsack And spitting lungs, at a whack nigga that Don't understand the fact, when they come to rhythm tracks I don't know how to act, real rap from the stack Killer Hill Projects, how to be exact Break it down, all in the together now Things are getting good, looking better now All right, everybody, one, two, one, two, what's going on? You're now in tune to another session of the syndicated worldwide Fusebox Radio broadcast, bringing the balance back to black radio each and every single week with a mix of news, interviews, talk, and more. And this week, we got some goodness going on on the interview end. Um, 
as we all know, the social network world is um really funny and interesting in its own way. I was looking um up some things in regards to sports technology, and I ran into this product um called Strike Tech via EFD Sports, and I was looking at this like this is a really awesome way for people to go ahead get in shape and whatnot that's off the beaten path and when people look at and think about stuff like sports technology i know people look at the things like the fitbits and all that type of stuff but it can get way way deeper and looking at this particular product that we're going to talk about we're going to see pretty much how deep we can get into the rabbit hole of mixing technology sports and exercise together and for folks who've been following us for a while, they know that um both myself and my partner John, also um the Black Hawk, have been really getting into a lot of the fitness biz in the past few years. And luckily, me literally talking about this product has lined us up with an interview today with the founder and creator of EFD Sports, um Wes Elliott. How are you today? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me on. Um, thanks for being um, on board with us and i think this will actually be the best way that we can go ahead and introduce um strike tech and the product that we're talking about since we have demand and command on that and all of that um what made you exactly decide to get into sports technology and make this um product with strike tech and from your own description what is strike tech about well, I, I think you hit the nail on the head uh, when you first started talking about the wearable technology space. Is you know you have products like Fitbit, Garmin, Nike Fuel Band, uh, a lot of these nice looking products that that consumers are buying. And for me, for or for an athletic, an extremely athletic person or a more athletic person, uh, there weren't a whole lot of products that cater to their needs, right? That are as advanced and fast enough to be able to um, record data for, you know, a lot faster motion. Mm-hmm. The Fitbits are for steps and counting, and, and that's great. And it, and it it encourages people to have activity in their daily lives. But, you know, we were, we were looking for something, or I was looking for something a little more advanced. And, you know, when I started this product, uh, started building this product back in 2010, uh, you know, wearable technology was still an unknown space for the most part. And, the technology that we could use, the little components and the chips and the small sensors, all these things that we could use at the time were all big. They, you know, they weren't that small. The things that we needed, you know, the 200G accelerometers that we needed or that we started with back then, they were, they were as big as our complete sensor right now. So, uh, you know, we had to, we had to start with, uh, you know, the prototype and, and kind of go from there. But it's, you know, the sports technology has been a passion of mine. Boxing's been a t- passion of mine. Uh, being an entrepreneur is a passion of mine. So I think all of those things combined led me into this process of uh, using some of my prior experience in the manufacturing and product development world and transforming it into the wearable tech space. Okay. And that was actually going to be a question I was going to ask in regards to if you had any past experience with creating products like this before. Was this just a whole new experience? Well, for me, this was a new experience in sports technology. I, I have gone from, you know, concept idea to manufacturing at a, at a young age uh, in my 20s, which a lot of people hadn't had the experience to be able to do that. But I actually started out in automotive design. And okay. Yeah, I... I, I 
you know, it was out of necessity. I had a, a vehicle I was working on, and it was a, a 2000 Pontiac Trans Am, uh, and I, I wanted to do some, build some an intake for it, and I ended up building an intake for it, and uh, this intake didn't exist on the marketplace, and, and I created it and started, you know, making my own, and then I manufactured it out. So I've kind of gone through that, you know, process of development, manufacturer, producing, uh, and I sell to a distributor that, you know, we have, they have dealers across the United States who still carry that part. And I, I built that first part in 2001, I believe, 2001, 2002. So it's been, you know, I love that. I love making things with my hands. So, uh, and, and also being able to translate a thought or idea into something tangible for, you know, the ability for it to help someone else for their need. Indeed, indeed. And I'm looking at Tritech, and you made an interesting mention. This is not something that you just came up with like a year or two ago, and all like, ta-da, here's my product. We have been in the process of making this for six years. Now, besides testing out the technology side, which I'm sure with sensors and all other type of things has developed in a rapid pace, like most of our technology does now, um, how does one get to even getting to the point of testing all this stuff because besides that like i look at like something like my fitbit and i'm like i'm sure people got to test out how the band fits is it comfortable is it going to give you a rash right. all of that type of stuff it would be elite athletes who would be using this i mean i'm sure there's probably like a weight thing that needs to go on and just there's a whole bunch of other stuff yeah you you hit that rash thing right i mean that that if, if, if fitbit would have been a smaller company that process that they went through would have completely sink their company. Um, you know, and, and these are things that small startup companies have to take into consideration. Uh, you know, it's, it's never easy to develop any product from scratch and go to manufacturing and then selling it. And, and when you get into technology and the communication via Bluetooth or Wi-Fi, any of these radio frequency transmitting devices, you have a lot of regulations that you have to abide by and you have to be approved for certain things. So, um, you have to test material, you have to test impact strength, you have to test um, functionality. Uh, there's so many different things that you have to test. But, you know, I just kind of dove in head first. Just, that's just who I am as an entrepreneur. Um, I dove in head first, and when I'm interested in something, I'm going to research the hell out of it, and I'm just going to do it, you know. And, and there was a lot of people at the very beginning, since this product didn't exist in the marketplace at all, uh, there's a lot of people that just didn't have encouragement, that's for sure. So, um, but it, it just went back to that drive of I want to get this product out there because you know martial arts has been around for years and years and years, and and mm -hmm. I don't feel that there's any products that really cater to it for the specific need of how you know what am I doing? You know, am I am I punching fast? Am I punching slow? I mean. Baseball, for for instance, I mean, you have the radar gun for baseball. You mm -hmm. detect how fast someone's, how fast a pitcher's throwing a fastball or a curveball or whatever it is. Um, but then the coach or whomever can buy that product and go and train their team so that you know their their pitcher can obviously get better. Mm -hmm. Now, hard work's going to make you get better at something, but let's be honest, what, you get to a certain point and then you just don't know if you're getting better or worse. It's the same thing with your fitness routine or your diet, you know, if you're not tracking, if you're not logging your calories, if you're not logging your fitness, you know, programs, if you're not doing these things, you're not going to be able to get to the point where you really want to go if you're looking to be more than just average. Sure. So. 
that's kind of the you know I guess the the long answer to that it's you know it's a, it's a it's a very tricky thing to do and and um, it's been fun it's been our passion and and I think the beauty behind what we what we're doing is um, I put together a team of people that might have had the experience in a certain area that I didn't know you know for for example I have you know. A, a team member who is part of the company that was the former uh, chief global marketing uh, officer for Nike. Hmm. You know, so he's done that high, le- that that big level corporate marketing uh, work, and it. You know, he's also been a part of startups as well. So mm-hmm. I don't have a lot of experience in marketing because you know my experience is, you know, being an entrepreneur and, and creating a business and, and creating a product. So. You know, building those and, and, and building that team has been fun in itself because you find other people who are passionate about the product. But I'm gonna tell you, I mean, I'm sure that you've run into this even with your your own business and your rate in your in your podcast. It's like anything that you deal with, you're gonna have a lot of people that say they can do something. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very hard to manage that expectation and to know if they're capable of doing exactly what it is that you need them to do. Sometimes you settle on a little less. Sometimes that hurts you. So for me, learning these, learning all these things, and, and I'm still, I'm still young. I'm 33 years old. So learning all these things as early as I have and, and continue to learn. I, I love it every single day. Indeed. And that was actually a whole interesting thing you brought up too in terms of building a team. Cause looking at this, I mean, even if you're like the most genius of geniuses, Looking at some of the things that this product offers, just off of the app alone and all the statistics and the track and everything, I'm like, you wouldn't have enough hours in a day. Absolutely not. Yeah, I wouldn't have enough hours in in a year or two years, three years. I mean, it's there's a lot that goes into into this, and and you know, there's a lot more that goes into it. Being that um, we don't have something to follow you know you, you we can try to attempt to say okay well fitbit's doing a good job in this direction and and um you know this is something that we want to do but you know in combat sports it just doesn't exist so mm-hmm. you, you got to find things that work you know and, and my and i have a my biggest um you know proponent is i want to put this in the hands of the user and that's what we're always doing we're always having fans test it and consumers test it and Fighters test it and mm-hmm. organizations test it. For me, if, if I'm creating a product and, and you being the end user are going to purchase the product, well, it's not exactly about what I want. It's about what you want, right? What, mm-hmm. what is it that you want and need? We have tons of things out there that will satisfy some sort of a need, but I really wanted to satisfy a lot of needs in combat sports. Okay, and with that um, testing, like, how has that um, process gone? Like in terms of you, you brought up something in terms of asking boxers. I saw some UFC folks have been testing, et cetera. Like, how does that process work? They're pretty much just reaching out to people and being there, like, "Hey, we've created this um, thing. We want to try it out." Or have people come to you, like I, like somebody like myself? I checked out your website and holy crap, this looks amazing. Can we see what it's about? I think it's a combination of both. Um... You know, we've kind of floated underneath the radar for a while because, you know, I, I didn't want to create too much of a stir. We we started promoting this product back in the day, and we created a little bit of a stir, and we got people excited. But then we we weren't ready. I wasn't ready to release a product that I was completely happy with, mm-hmm. um, and that I felt that the end user would be completely happy with. So, 
you know, we, we kind of started flying underneath the radar and focused more on working with the end user. Um, and yeah, it's, it's a combination of we'll reach out to them. They'll reach out to us. We're, we're always looking for new boxers and, and new MMA guys, any, anybody who's an athlete really to work with, uh, you know, we, we have a lot of opportunity and we like to work with certain athletes. We like to work with people who, you know, are passionate about it. And, um, yeah, it's so, you know, it's a combination of the two. Okay. And with the project, uh, one of the things I noticed, and we're going to get back into some, I guess, more of the business technical side of things later, was that you would look at an end user and they could be like, okay, I'm punching this fast. My punch is this accurate depending on what I'm doing and all of that. But for somebody who might be watching a UFC match or a boxing match, you have a feature that's called live broadcast feature. Mm-hmm. Where fans can go ahead and check out the stats for who's fighting and has strike tech on them. And I found that to be like insanely fascinating because some people who watch sports are definitely big statistics people. Right. And all of that. And that to me just seems like their dream to sit back and be able to watch that and a game at the same time now my thing i looked at with that is the technology to put that together and do that live has to be really in depth <laughs> i'm assuming right absolutely absolutely it's that's that's a you know it's not an easy task um you know i think this goes right back to the passion or the reason why we created this product. Um, this live broadcast was just a spinoff of the user product, but the, the ultimate goal for me was, you know, I'm sure that you watch UFC, everybody knows who Chuck Liddell is. I mean, Chuck Liddell came in the UFC and, you know, UFC had been around for a little bit, uh, a few years already, but he came into the UFC and when he got, when he was in his prime, I mean, he was just knocking everybody out and he didn't have that body type to look like he was just, capable of going and knocking people out, right? And so mm-hmm. I found it fascinating and, and it's always you know, it and it's and it's looking back on Mike Tyson as well. It's like, how hard can these people hit? And you always see on the internet the the comparisons between Bruce Lee and Mike Tyson, who would win in a fight or Chuck Norris. But you know, and a lot of people will say, hey Bruce Lee would win or, you know, no way Mike Tyson would win. And for me it's like, well, how do you compare, right? How do you know other than you know, from the outside looking in, Bruce Lee's a little guy. Mike Tyson was a big guy. You know, mm-hmm. it seems an, it seems like an obvious answer to me. Um, but it, it was sure, you know, it was kind of nice to envision, you know, Chuck Liddell knocking people out because he's got crazy, you know, strength. You know, he, he just has that brute force, that brute strength that, that not many people have. So, and, and the same thing with Matt Hughes. And I know that I'm friends with Matt Hughes. He's, he's a super nice guy. And, um, you know, everyone that used to wrestle with him or, or try to fight with him, he he just has this strength that uh, it's hard to keep up with. And there's not many people that have that. But, you know, I, the live broadcast was for that, you know, so that the, the, the fans can, you know, my goal is to get these this data out there to the fans so that we have something more to go off of. I couldn't imagine, if you like watching baseball, I couldn't imagine watching baseball without the radar gun now. I'm, you know, I'm looking for it every pitch, you know, um, same thing with football. There's a lot of different statistics that, you know, have, that started out as just, oh, what is this? But now it's like a necessity. Um, the, the sport of martial arts and boxing is a bit tricky mm-hmm. because there's a lot of people who are scared of the stats, scared of the numbers. 
and and I get it. But and the and the other the other flip side of that equation is it doesn't mean that it's still not happening, right? I mean, it's a combative sport. It's just like football. Um, you can measure it or not measure it, but it doesn't mean that it's not happening happening if you don't measure it. So you know, why not? Get, make it more entertaining. Why not give the fans at least something that they can go off of? And hell, why not encourage people? You know, if if, if you knew that Nolan Ryan pitched a hundred and five mile an hour fastball or whatever he pitched, you know, one hundred and three ninety eight, whatever it was, if you knew that he could that he could do that, and then you could buy that product and go home and practice to do that. If you're young and you're growing, you know, you're, you're training to do this, that gives you something to work towards too, right? So, huh. um, you know, I, I, that live broadcast was. Our goal for that is to get, you know, we did this with the DirecTV Big Knockout Boxing. I'm not sure if you saw that, but we had a, we were the first company in history to have sensors approved by the Nevada Athletic Commission um, to use in combat sports in Vegas, which oh, wow. was a huge thing for us. I mean, it was, it happened February 2015. It was a huge thing for us. It was not an easy task, mm-hmm. um, you know, but part of the requirement is that we work with the Cleveland Clinic on, you know, research for concussions um, and, you know, it's it's to help the sport out. The, ultimately, that's what everybody wants to do. Um, that's protecting the sport is to make sure that there's not a product that can come along that can completely ruin the reputation of the sport. So I get that. Mm-hmm. I absolutely get that. But um, our product is not that product. Our product is not going to you know ruin the sport. It's it's going to open up the eyes and say, hey, look, this is you know this is a lot more entertaining than what it was before. And, and boxing really needs that too. Mm-hmm. So sure. I was one of those children who watched the boxing very heavy with all my parents back in the day in the nineties. Right. And boxing is in a weird place right now to me, to be polite. It's <laughs> it hurting. Is. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's it, it's hurting. And um, you know, there's a you know, it's crazy because boxers still get paid a lot of money. I mean the money's in the boxing right now, but yeah, that sport's hurting just because I, I think and this is just, you know, I'm not being biased because I, I created this product. It's I think it's because it's it looks the same every single time, right? I mean, you have these good boxers, and and you know, it's just like watching golf. If I want to take a good nap, I'll I'll turn on some golf. But you know, but for me, it's like at least what makes it a little more entertaining is is you know seeing how far the guy hit the ball, or you know, seeing these statistics about what's going on on the screen. Um, Boxing certainly needs that, and, and I think we did a damn good job with our, you know, Direct TV putting on this big knockout boxing with that arena. It's a round arena; it didn't have ropes or anything. It, it, you know, it looked great. I think that we really did a good job, and we started, you know, um, recording for uh, recording the stats for those boxers, and we would show the knockout punch or the, you know, significant punches in between the rounds. And I'm gonna tell you, like, if you're watching it on TV. Um, and you have that information come up between the rounds, it makes it a hell of a lot interesting to see those, you know, those significant strikes between each round. So um, we had a lot of good feedback. We had a lot of people calling into DirecTV asking if they could, you know, sign up for the stats and, you know, see them on more events, et cetera. They, they weren't sure what was going on. And we just, you know, we just tried it out just to see how it would go. And, and everybody was nervous about that. Um, but we had, yeah, we had good feedback on that. I was, I was happy that, that the fans liked it and uh, happy to be a part of that for sure. Indeed. And that is the thing to me that is fascinating. Cause like there's certain sports like tennis. I'm like, I could care less about tennis. 
but somebody be like, holy crap, somebody hit that ball 90 miles an hour. Right, right. That's going to make me look at things a little differently. And um, I'm more of an MMA watcher now myself with UFC and um, Bellator mm-hmm. and um, some of the other um, promoters. And just being able to see that, okay, somebody, you know, did this punch and it went so-and-so miles an hour. They did this strike and it was this fast and all of that. I think would, again, only add to the fascination in terms of what an athlete could do. And if you're somebody who is either recreational, semi-pro or pro, be there like, wow, I kind of want to aim for that. Mm -hmm. I think that could only make things better in terms of you pushing yourself, which is the ultimate in, I think, most athletics. Uh, Absolutely, yeah. I mean, having a baseline for anything. um, Could you imagine if you were a fitness, you know, a fitness person, you know, you're saying that you're getting into fitness now and, and diet is a huge part of fitness, right? Could you imagine if we didn't know what our, you know, basal metabolic rate was? If we didn't know how many calories we could burn at rest, right? Um, if we didn't know what that was, we wouldn't be able to ever lose weight because we would say, okay, well, I burn 1,500 calories a day if I do nothing at all, if I'm sedentary. Um, so if I take in 1,500 calories, I'm going to maintain. If I take in 1,000 calories for the day, um, I'm going to be in a deficit, right? And I'm going to eventually lose weight. If I take in 2,000 calories, I'm going to end up gaining weight. If we didn't know these things about the body, um, you know, based on chemistry, we wouldn't be able to really do anything with that direction that we were wanting to go into fitness. So same thing with this, um, really. And, and, you know, I think that um, there's a lot of good things that, that can come out of this. You know, we have we're, – we're, we're kind of promoting – our live broadcast and our consumer app, but the other application and the other application applicational uses of this software platform that we're going to start, you know, coming to market with. There's a lot of different things that we can use this for. It's it's been mm-hmm. kind of fascinating to learn all of the different things, but yeah, you know, it's. I hope one day that we can get you know, this involved into on-screen graphics a little more often. And, um, you know, another thing that a little side note, you you say you watch UFC and you watch Bellator, you have, you know, some people like one or the other, some people like both of them, but a lot of people are saying that Bellator, we worked with with Spike TV for a year, year and a half or so, um, with the Bellator camp, or the Bellator Mm -hmm. organization. So, um, you know, since since Spike TV owns 51% of the Bellator organization that you kind of have controlling interest and and as soon as scott coker came along he really helped turn this organization around bjorn was a little stuck in his ways um and i think he was just you know he was in it for so long he became a little bit blind to what's what's the new trend um but i my point to that is is a lot of people consider bellator as a um inferior product or an organization to uh ufc right um so it's kind of like, well, why? Is it is it the production or is it actually the fighters? I know that a lot of fighters are getting cut from UFC and going to uh, going to Bellator, mm-hmm. and so they're kind of like, you know, the B the B crowd or the C crowd. But we don't know actually the performance of those guys who are getting cut. They might have just had bad records in UFC and gotten cut, um, or maybe a lot of people didn't like to tune in to watch their fight, right? So they didn't sell enough or they w- didn't draw enough crowd. Uh, that's a big you know, that's a big component of this now is, you know, can you draw a crowd? Are, are they going to put you on a card so that they can sell some tickets? Um, but it, it would be nice to be able to compare these organizations and, and actually, you know, and, and, and to give these fighters something that they can prove 
that you know the the other fighter in the other organization isn't better. You know what I mean? That they hit just as hard, they're just as fast, they have just as much cardio, their technique's just as good. Everything about what we can measure, um, it'll be interesting to start comparing these guys back and forth. We've been doing it for a while, and so we we see a lot of similarities. And I've seen some other other athletes up and coming from other organizations, smaller organizations, who hit as big as you know, hit as hard and 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 as fast as some of these big guys in the UFC, some of the champions. I mean, we've, we've taken some of the champions' measurements. So it's interesting for us to see kind of behind the scenes of, of what's going on and who's evolving as a fighter. But for sure, I think that um, I think there's a lot of useful things that can come out of this, one being for you know someone who's interested in boxing as an exercise, um, the other for an athlete themselves. It can, you know, it can be as complex as an, you know, the highest um, end boxer in the world. It can be as complex as breaking their training sessions down into detail, or it can be as high level as, you know, I want to, I want to go and take Zumba or kick cardio kickboxing class in my gym, and I want to measure how many punches I threw, um, and and from there I want to I measure how many calories I burned from those punches, and I want to, I want to you know, see if I'm getting better at throwing these punches. They're more efficient. I can throw more per minute. I can throw more per hour. You know, all of these things can, you know, play a play a role in just using it as a tool to get in shape. Um, you know, and, and then we have the other side of it, too, to where the the social media side of this thing, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you're going to want to share your, your stats with your friends and compete with your friends, and um, fighters are going to want to do the same thing. Uh so there's a, there's a lot of different things that we're going to do with this this technology and even allow a platform. You know what I want to do right now is I see a lot of these fighters taking a you know a pay cut and and it's unfortunate for those guys because it doesn't make their life any easier, right? I mean, just because they're getting paid less doesn't mean they're doing less. Doesn't mean that they're sacrificing less um, than these athletes that are getting paid more. Um, most of the time they're sacrificing more, but they're just it's a cutthroat sport right now and, and mm-hmm. there's not a whole lot of money in it and um, it's unfortunate. So, you know, my goal is, is to um, one of our software platforms is allow those guys to post their own training videos and, and gain followers and, and sell product and, um, you know, have the ability to put, produce training material around the way that they train. Cause okay. who's your, who's your favorite fighter in the UFC? Oh, man, there's quite a few people right now. That's the funny thing that you mentioned, that Bellator and UFC are, like, playing, juggling fighters right now. They are, absolutely. So, you <laughs> know, all of that. Like, let's say, like, let's, let's bring up somebody, like, let's say a Conor McGregor right now, because a lot of people know about him. Right. And all of that. Like, one of the things I would find fascinating with this, and I think you brought up a perfect aspect in terms of the, not just the macro-competitive, but the micro-competitive, is mm-hmm. that you can share that, Hey, I did this much and so has he. Or even if you're just a, a person who likes watching the sport, can you imagine like two guys just talking trash about their accurate stats? Right. right. <laughs> about what they can do? Like, oh, that 90 miles an hour is cute, but, um, I could do right. 97. Imagine that going up, upside your head. That's going to make even, you know, all the pregame talk a little more lively, you know? You know, it's, like your to your point is you know talking about how hard someone can set you know uh, I, I if if Quentin if, if Rampage had this technology and you know it, it clearly showed that he had some great knockout power and he was fighting some of his component or uh, opponents that didn't have um, quite the knockout power I could certainly say hey 
dude, you know, you, you can't even make it over 500 pounds of force. You know, like, what, what are you going to, you're not going to knock me out with that much power or that little of power, right? And, and, and your punches are, you know, 20 mile an hour. I'm going to be able to see them coming from a mile away. So you're not going to touch me with those. There's nothing really that you can do. Mm-hmm. But on the flip side of that is, if that's really the case, that other opponent has the ability to get better, right? Now his coach has something else to look at. But, um, or you even know. if you just talk about the accuracy, that they're like, yeah, yeah your, your jab is kind of nice, but it's not really that right. accurate, you know? Right, right. Like scientific trash talk almost. Which is yeah. Kind of yeah, it's, it's, it's come down to that, right? Every other sport is, is, is having that. I mean, could you, you know, look at sprinters, you know? Sprinters know how fast they're running, how fast they're accelerating. Um, you know, if, if you're going to talk with another sprinter or you're going to race another sprinter, and you know how hard he can come out of the blocks or what his top speed is or how fast he accelerates to his top speed, et cetera, other than just the time of, you know, when how fast he runs the 100-meter dash or the 40-yard dash or, or um, you know, whatever that you guys are racing. If you knew other stats about it, it'll give you encouragement. Here's the, here's the crazy thing about it is a lot of fighters at first, and this is why this is the, the, the effect of new product, right, that hasn't existed is a lot of these fighters will want to protect their stats. Um, but for me, it's like, if you're competitive and you believe that you're the best, then why? Why are you protecting your stats, right? I get it that you want to protect something in, in training camp. Just don't share it. But outside of training camp or whenever, if you're wanting to share your, you know, to your fans, right? Because it's not the other fighter that's paying your bills. It's your fans. It's the people who watch you. Who are you trying to entertain? Are you trying to entertain them? Are you worried about your your stats because you're other fighter, right? Are you actually scared that they might know your numbers and and you, they might be able to train a little bit harder? Well, if that's the case, then you shouldn't be slacking on your training, right? I mean, exactly. Plus, a, I would think that ultimately it's going to come down to y'all in the ring. <laughs> Absolutely, and and, it, and and to your point, it doesn't always matter what the stats are, right? I mean, the weaker, the weaker, slower person could knock out or, you know, submit the um, stronger, faster person. This happens all the time. That's the beauty of mixed martial arts. Mm-hmm. Um, but to be scared of the stats or protective of their stats, it seems, it seems silly to me. I, I think that, um, I think it creates more drive in yourself. I think that if you understand it and your coach understands it and, and other coaches understand it, it evolves the sport. Right, because there's going to be a lot of there's a lot of coaches that are stuck in their way right now because they produce some, uh, you know, performing athletes. But how many coaches are going to change some of the ways that they train because they've realized now that some of the methods, you know, maybe they have ten different uh, routines that they go through. Maybe you know five of those routines are inefficient, so they'll focus on the other five because those other five are the only ones that are making progress. Right? Maybe the maybe the previous five. Um, are, are, are too much of a workload or it's slowing the person down or, you know, taking energy out of them or whatever it is. I mean, can you imagine the way that they'll adapt their training? So for me, it's like if you're in the sport and you're passionate about the sport, you want to evolve the sport or do you want to, you know, keep it behind or, you know, and it, it, you know, I think it's for the, for the better of the sport for sure to, and, and I think what, that's what it's coming to. I mean, every other sport's already in that direction. And wearable technology is just it, – it, it, some of the newer things that we're working on now, too, is just – it's crazy. It's, you know, mm-hmm. it, it won't – it's not going to make market anytime, you know, in the near future. But 
I can promise you, it's just like the iPhone. You know, we we already have things that we're working on that won't make it to the market for another year, but we're going to keep evolving those things, and we'll have different products that we release along the way. So, um, it, it, you know, I'm excited more than anything uh, to be a part of the product and, and and the journey that we'll take. You know, working working with some of these fighters and the journey we've already come down. I mean, uh, we've done a lot of fascinating things with the sport already. Yeah, and um, one thing I wanted to ask about this, and this is going to be a little more on the entrepreneurial side, is let's say right from the beginning you want to do this product. Now, there's multiple ways now that people can go ahead and get funding for some products. Some of it could come from your own pocket. We got the big crowdfunding situation going on. Some people do venture capitalism. Some people do a mix of all three. Now, I'm not trying to get into everybody's business, but from mm-hmm. your past experience, what do you see is good for sports technology products like this in terms of people they want to create and put out a solid product out there to the people and make it, I guess, also too affordable? Yeah, that's the, that's a huge part of this. I mean, being affordable, developing something that is small to the point to where you can make it affordable for the end user. I mean, you know, a lot of people don't have Fitbit pockets. You know, they don't have those deep $100 million pockets to be able to throw all the money at this. Um, mm-hmm. uh, so, you know, as, as far as as far as the, the platforms and, and the starting points, I think it's a blend, honestly. I, I think that um, I, I think that you have to find a way. You know, there's not one easy answer to it, I guess, but you have to find a way to create something, right, so that you can test the market, test the waters, right? You know, it doesn't have to be a completely, you know, knockout job for you to go out and test friends and family and and raise a little bit of money. The beauty about, you know, crowdfunding right now is um, it's a great marketing platform for people. It's not always about raising money on that platform. It's about marketing, uh, testing the market and marketing a product. Um, though, you know, the, the crowdfunding campaigns are, have been really successful and there's been some products like the Pebble watch. I'm not sure if you've ever, you know, watched that, but this mm-hmm. watch, you know, a couple of years back, just, you know, they funded a couple million dollars, I believe, a few million dollars, uh, by selling that on this, Campaign, and then they went out and built the tooling for it, etc. But there's a lot of rules and regulations behind that now. I mean, you just can't you can't spend people's money that you're getting from those campaigns. So there's you know laws that pro- that protect the money. So um, you know it, it's it's a combination of that. So when when you know the structure that I would follow is obviously develop some sort of a prototype, uh, get it working. You know you're going to have to find your own friends and family's cash for that or a credit card, whatever it may be. But you know. Do as much due diligence at what is the, um, you know, the minimum, you know, viable product here. What What is the least that it needs to do to make it work so that, you know, I can I can pitch this idea. And and then you go to, you know, try to market it something like the crowdfunding. And then from there, as soon as the big investors or VC firms, the angels, um, the, the, the CRGs is what I call them, crazy rich guys. You know, it's, it's nice to have those guys in your company. Yeah. Um, you know, those guys will see the market and, and see that your product has movement or it has interest. And if there's interest around that, it's not too hard to get those guys involved. But, you know, they want to know that you have passion and they want to know that 
that you had the ability to fulfill this, you know, and, you know, in, in, in my case, it was, I have the team. I don't think it's, I don't think it's ever about one person, but I have a team of qualified people that are getting this done. And we've, we, we have a track record now of doing that. So, um, you know, there, there's a lot of different processes that you have to go through when, when being an entrepreneur and learning these things, but definitely the, the easiest route to take is, um, don't do it all yourself. There's no possible way that you can learn all these things and get good at good enough at it in a short enough time to do it all yourself. And I, I learned that the hard way. Um, but, you know, lessons learned and, and build a good team around you. And if your team around you is, if, if, if you're looking for a team that can help guide you and your team around you is looking up to you, looking for direction from you, you have the wrong team. Um, you know, good team players will have their own creative mind, have their own direction. They'll understand the overall direction of the entrepreneur and where the product needs to go, etc. But they'll have the ability to lead themselves and, and lead as a team, not one person always having to, you know, lead it. So, you know, it's 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 a fundamental thing of being an entrepreneur. It's there's a lot of moving parts. Okay, so everybody wants to do stuff like this. It's not like I got a Kickstarter and a sweet idea, and that's how I'm going to become rich and get money. You got a lot of work you got to do. Hard work goes into it, absolutely. You know, it's um, it seems easy, you know, and it's, it seems easy enough. Like you could just build a product and do it. And I promise you, if if someone wanted to build a product just like this, and they go out to a facility to, and ask them, oh, they're going to tell you that they can build it, and you're going to spend some money on it. But what you get in return is not going to be what you expected. Um, you know, so it's not as easy as just doing that. It, it's it's much more difficult than that. It, it takes a lot of management, a lot of, you know, um, you know, managing the expectation or the outcome uh, and putting in the processes along the way so that you're not waiting for months. You know, and I think that's a big thing with new entrepreneurs. I would encourage people to learn the processes that you have to take to um, manage people on a weekly basis. You don't, you don't want to micromanage someone every single detail that they're doing, but I think that um, if you can keep track of weekly progress, you can nip something in the butt really quick from costing you a lot of, men, a lot of money and um, some failure and heartache. So definitely encourage to find a good manager or learn some easy manager, you know, some, some processes. All right, so definitely some good um, information for folks on that end and all of that. And finally, since we've been talking so much about Stripe Tech and all the things that have led up to the current project and beyond, um, how can one either as a regular individual or a professional sports organization um, get in touch with y'all about updates with the product and how to um, be able to get it. Well, right now, um, we will be putting more information on our website within the next week or so. Uh, we have a big June 18th event. We're working with the UFC. UFC has been a great customer of ours that we've been working with them for a while. Um, and so we have a June 18th Canada event that we're doing. We'll put some information and some contact information on our website. But for now, you know, if, if you guys want to visit the site, efdsports.com, where we're hosting our site right now, 
Um, and uh, my email, direct email for any organization or you know fighter that wants to learn more about this, I'm happy to share it with them and communicate with them. But it's Wes, W-E-S, at EFDsports.com. And again, uh, within the next week or so, we'll be updating the site with uh, information on pre-orders and um, shipment dates. Uh, but we will be you know, selling and shipping this product very soon. Awesome. So definitely check out the EFDsports.com website that has links to all the social media attached to StriTech. There's some cool videos on YouTube that show people using um, the various prototypes and more. And for people who want to go above and beyond some of the stuff you're already seeing in sports tech to assist in getting in better shape and just upping your health period. Everybody doesn't have to have a six pack to be in good health. This is the type of thing that could definitely help and assist folks with that. So, um, again, I'm with. I definitely got to thank you for this interview. We all really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. I, I absolutely enjoyed it. It was, it was a pleasure. Uh, definitely a pleasure to have you here as well. And for all of our listeners, you can always check out this interview and archives of our others via our official website, FuseBoxRadioOnline.com, F-U-S-E-B-O-X-R-A-D-I-O-O-N-L-I-N-E. Dot com. We're available via all your favorite podcast sites and apps, including iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Audio Search, Player FM, and plenty more. And you can check out our official blog site at blackradioisback.com. And we're going to keep getting into some things. This is the syndicated worldwide Fusebox Radio broadcast, bringing the balance back to black radio since 1998 via your FM dial, internet radio station, or podcast site. All right. You can listen to the Fusebox radio broadcast via iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Podcast Addict, and your other favorite podcast players. Check out the Fusebox Radio's official website for our latest episodes, events, and more at FuseboxRadioOnline.com. You can also visit us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Fusebox Radio Show, Twitter at Twitter.com slash Fusebox Radio, and Instagram at Instagram.com slash Fusebox Radio. Feel free to contact us at FuseboxRadio at gmail.com to submit music for airplay consideration, 